Are you ready to learn more about promoting play, defending childhood, empowering caregivers? Save 10% on professional development at explorationsearlylearning.com and support the show with the coupon code OOL. Click the link in the show notes to browse upcoming trainings. Hi, and welcome back to Out of Line. I'm Annie Friday. I'm Candace Ogilvy. And tonight we are being joined by a very special guest. Hi, Carla. Hi, Carla Hi how are you? Good, how are you? Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Carla, would you mind introducing yourself? I think I cut you off as you just said your full name and who you are. Oh, that's fine. Thank you. My name is Carla Marie Williams, and I am the wife of t- almost 25 years to Superman. And I am the mother of six inspired learners who we have um, been learning together at home for 13 years. The last 10 years have been unschooling or interest-led learning. And uh, we can't imagine life any other way. Um, I have written several books, uh, a couple of which are unschooling focused, focusing on interest-led learning and living this lifestyle um, with our very large family. And I'm excited to share with you today. Awesome. We're so lucky to have you. Carla, um, you know, when we were talking earlier, I talked about how um, we run an agile learning center. And a lot of times the conversations that we enter into are about how self-directed education or unschooling works really well for younger children. Mm -hmm. And then as the children get older, a lot of families get more nervous about, is my child going to be able to go to college? Or is my child going to learn the math that they need to learn? Or even reading, like, is my child going to be able to learn to read? Right. (laughs) And so that's why you're so interested. And so it was so nice to find your um, Instagram page, Carla, the unschooling mama, because um, you just cover all of that (laughs) (laughs) experiences. Um, And I was just wondering, can you share a little bit about your experience with unschooling um, older children? Absolutely. You know, my, my kids are stair steps. So right now they are 19, 19, 18, 15, 15, 14, and 13. And so, or almost 13. And we have a full house, um, but it wasn't always that way. You know, we did have, we started unschooling. I think at the time I had six kids under nine. (laughs) at that time so that was pretty uh chaotic and the differences that I noticed between unschooling then and unschooling now it is very different um in all beautiful ways not good or bad either way but just different when they were younger a lot of the things that we did were um very random it was really about exposing the kids to any and everything that you possibly could to give them experiences and knowledge and hands-on practice and doing all kinds of things. Because I really believe that um, that helps them find their thing, but it also finds helps them find what their thing is not. <laughs> and so uh, we're just living and learning and enjoying. And so my string was very random. You know, I would, you know, just 
shots in the dark all day, every day and saw, you know, to see what stuck with whom and, um, and went from there. And as they got older, they each kind of carved out their own direction and interest and passions. You began to see more of who they were as a person and what, you know, um, general direction that they could possibly be going. And so at that time, we began to get a little bit more um, specific. Now, I do want to make sure that parents are aware that even when our kids show an interest in something, that doesn't mean that we're pigeonholing them into a career or mm. a life because of a certain interest. Yes. They, may have, they may have interests that wax and wane, change. Some interests may be greater than others. They may have several interests at once, and that's okay but they have to be the one to decide that path ultimately, right? And so as they get older, you'll probably find that, you know, maybe when they were eight, they had 15 things that they absolutely loved. And then, you know, they get a slightly older and maybe it's narrowed down to three or four. And our goal as parents is to kind of give them experiences and um, practice in those areas so that they can decide for themselves, what is my thing? Are all these things connected? So one thing that I try to encourage parents about when it comes to finding experiences for their kids, no matter what the age of the kid, is that nothing you expose them to, nothing that you pay for, nothing um, that you sign them up for is wasted time or money because it's all mm. heading somewhere and the skills that they gain, confidence they gain, all of that stuff is leading in a direction we may see, we might see glimpses of it or we may not, but we can't get discouraged if we think that, you know, my child that started playing piano is going to be a concert pianist. And yes. then we find ourselves pigeonholing them in that area and not allowing them to blossom in other areas. Um, that might not be the case, but that doesn't mean that learning and growing in the area of piano or instrument or whatever the, you know, the skill is won't benefit them in other areas. Love so, that. Um, Candace <laughs> and I recently had a conversation about that. Talking, we called it the problem with potential because sometimes we see potential and Candace and I both have young children still. And we um, are, are even the group of students we work with are fairly on the younger end of the unschooling world of things. And yeah, sometimes you see something and you're like, oh my gosh, my kid wants to play ukulele. They're going to be a musician right. <laughs> or get them in all the music classes. And we go so far. And that was a question I had for you is really, mm -hmm. how do you determine that, um, where to push and where to kind of step back? You know, it's interesting. I always tell people, you know, start with those things that are free and low cost. The library's free, the yeah. internet you know, you probably, you pay for Wi-Fi, but the internet generally is free. Um, and you start with those things and you kind of, you know, wet their whistle and see uh, where they fall in those areas. You know, I have a son that is very bold about what he does not like. And he's my 15 year old. And, uh, you know, he, he, he's probably the hardest to peg, but he will not be pegged. He is not, he's anti, you know, Don't <laughs> conformity. <label> <laughs> exactly. He, he's like, I am who I am and I'm going to be awesome. And you just wait. So <laughs> we're just waiting. Right. Um, but it's just one of those things where 
you you wet their whistle with those low cost and free community events, library events, things that fall in line with some of the things that they've shown interest in, as well as they, as well as things that don't. Because sometimes our kids, you know, I have a lot of parents say, well, my kids don't have any interest, which is impossible if they're alive, right? <laughs> um, they'll say that, but the thing is, it's because they haven't seen it or touched it. They haven't experienced it yet. So you can't get stuck on something and not continue to, you know, help them explore new things as well. Mm-hmm. So um, one of the things that is uh, just really important is for parents to kind of take it in stages. You know what I mean? Yep. Exposure, community events, conversations, documentaries, movies, um, all the things that you can expose them to in that area and just see, you know, without pushing where it goes. Our kids will show us by what they work on without our push. If we're not pushing, what are they choosing to do? What direction are they choosing to go? Where would they spend the most of their time? How would how do they take in information? We may be getting it in the form of a book, but they learn better with YouTube videos. We may be sending them, you know, trying to sit down with a documentary and they're bored stiff, but they would love to get their hands in the process. And so we have to pay attention to those kinds of things too, because sometimes we're on the right track with the topic or career or industry, but it's the wrong resource. Mm. And I have found that, you know, with several of my kids is that they were interested, but I was on the wrong track. (laughs) And so that usually comes when we get excited and we see that potential. (laughs) as you were talking about, Annie, Mm -hmm. and we just lose our mind and get all the things. And then we get disappointed um, because we're not really paying attention to how they take in information and whether or not this is something that was just a question that they asked (laughs) or something they did over a weekend that was fun and they enjoyed. It doesn't mean it's going to be their life's work. And so that happens over time. So there's no rush. There's nothing to rush, you know, um, and it's unfair to ourselves to get all worked up. And it's unfair to our kids to put that pressure on them to decide what they want to do with the rest of their life right now, even Mm -hmm. as teenagers. So most of my teenagers are pretty narrowly focused on the direction that they want to go, but we always leave that door open for change. So if they change and they shift, then we shift with them. Um, we just make sure that their shift is not like based in fear mm-hmm. or maybe maybe the um, concern that it might be too hard. Maybe they need more resources or a mentor or something like that to help them do better in an area. So we kind of try to feel that out. I'm all over the place. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. But I'm just, you know, it, it takes time to figure these things out and you can't force it because they're going to kick against it. And then you kind of, you end up having a, you know, a relationship uh, issue there. And you don't want to do that because that's most important, you know, Uh, the relationship that you have with them is more important than, than pushing them in a direction. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. I think we've seen that a lot. Um, And this, I would also imagine takes a lot of time. It's not something that happens quickly because I know like we have seen kids have interests and things, and sometimes that interest may plateau or they may drop it for a while, maybe because some part of it got too hard or 
seem mm-hmm. challenging or overwhelming. Um, and, and it doesn't mean it's over for them. They may just need a break and may come back to it. Right. Absolutely. And we do that as parents. We do that as adults, right? I have a daughter who is a very gifted um, fashion designer, seamstress, um, and she's being mentored by by a professional uh, in the industry. And um, there are times where she won't sew for weeks. And that used to bother me because I'm like, you say you want to do this, but what, (laughs) you know, I'm thinking in my head, trying not to verbalize that. But um, a lot of times she'll tell me I was not happy with my designs, I feel like I'm getting sloppy. I feel like I'm moving too fast. And so I need to back away from it. She'll do, she also loves to, uh, to draw. And she will back away from drawing for a while if she is feeling like, again, she's getting sloppy or um, she wants to do something different and all her pictures turn out the same. She's unhappy with the outcome. So she wants to step away for a moment and breathe and do something else. Um, and she does the same thing in writing. So she kind of rotates her gifts and her talents as she feels inspired. And I, as a writer, I do the same thing. There's times when I'm not inspired and I have to just back away for a moment mm-hmm. until that spark hits again. And it works the same way with our kids. So we can't imagine a lot of, this is something that is a misnomer for those that are not unschoolers that are considering it. When they see pictures of my kids or anyone else's kids, you know, frolicking about in a field of lilies (laughs) or (laughs) just having the time of their life and, you know, flying a plane or doing something amazing. They think that every day is just roses. And there are some days that are just blah, like everything else. And there are days where we haven't done anything productive. And then there are days where everyone is like, full out fantastic you know they're they're doing things and um you know producing amazing things and so it's just regular family life you know and so I try not to uh miss um misrepresent this lifestyle or this learning choice because um it makes people think that every day is just you know (laughs) absolutely you know off the charts and we have you know boring days and unproductive days and we have days where it's just everybody's doing something awesome so you just kind of have to slow down (laughs) because rushing through any of this is is not going to uh, benefit you or your kids so I think that's so hard about the age that we're living in with the social media and everything being so digital and visual that Mm -hmm. we do all want to share the pretty pictures, right? but then we're only left also looking at pretty pictures and thinking something's wrong with me. If I have a day where nobody gets out of pajamas and nobody does anything, but sits in front of a screen, right? Some days are like that, right? (laughs) Right. I have, I have a house full of teenagers. Everyone right now at this moment is on a screen, (laughs) including me. (laughs) So, Hey, you know, it is what it is, but I'm, I'm not, it's not lost on me what screens offer as well. So, well, that's my next question for you. (laughs) (laughs) 
you do you balance that how do you balance the screen time with the other activities um I would love to know about that because I feel like that will that's you know something that I think Annie and I are both working on and I know a lot of people are you know this is and I'm gonna preface this (laughs) um this is a question that I think can only be answered by the parent. I'm going to give my perspective, but every parent knows their child. They know whether or not they are seeing, you know, uh, an unhealthy addiction to maybe a a screen time or videos or anything like that. So um, the parent has to make that decision for themselves, knowing who their child is and what their child's needs are. Um, now one thing that may set our family apart from, um, some families is that we do have screen time and we do have time without screens. And so, um, our days are, um, our days are kind of, we kind of have a routine in the mornings and a routine in the evenings. And it's that middle part of the day where the magic happens, where they're learning and growing and, you know, we're reading together and they're doing, working on projects and things of that nature. But um, there is a certain time of day when their screens turn on, when the video games turn on. And then at that point, they manage their time in, the, in that way. And so I make sure that we have some time where they're not even available unless they are doing like a project or playing with a friend at a certain time or something like that. They manage their time and their day and their projects before all, before the screens even shut on They're all their consoles, they all have different. consoles, <laughs> And so they shut on. And then at that point, they manage that screen time themselves as far as when they want to play, what they want to play, that kind of thing. So hopefully that answers your question. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Sometimes I see, um, you know, and I'm still really de-schooling around this, but I do wonder sometimes with certain children, and like you said, it's specific to the child, but with specific children, are they missing out on a project or some sort of other opportunity because they really love the screen? Uh-huh. Um, I'm still just working on how to sort that all out. <laughs> you know, and it's important. Like I said, it's a question that a parent has to ask. You have to ask yourself, you know, what, what are my standards and what, how do I feel about it? And for us, more than anything, is content. Mm -hmm. Um, it's about relationship. A lot of times if we begin to see that the screen is more important than their relationship with their siblings or, you know, or with us or whatever the situation is, if we see these things going awry, then that's kind of a red flag for us. And so that's why, um, just as you said, we make sure that there is a block of time during the day that they have to work on their projects and whatever it is that is going to help them get them closer to their goals. As teenagers, we, um, we sit down with them at the beginning of every year and we um, help them create a list of goals for themselves. And so the beginning of that day up until three o'clock, that's what they're working on. So they have a list of goals that they have created where they want to be a year from now. Um, and they just work toward those things on their own timeline. And then 
they have the ability after that point to get on the screen or not get on the screen. Mm -hmm. So, and that's, that has worked for us. Now, a different setup may work for another family, but that's what has worked for us in having, um, you know, six teenagers. (laughs) (laughs) Yikes. I can't even imagine. (laughs) Well, and I think your answer is so, I, I love it because in so much of any kind of relationship with within parenthood, it comes down to what your individuals, individual family's culture is or what the goals are. And so often you hear, you know, the experts just out there like, blah, blah, blah. This is what's right. This is what's right. And there's no one right answer. There's no cookie cutter because every parent is different. Every child is different. Every family is different and their needs are different. So I love that. It is important too. I've been um, kind of scolded in the past that I'm not a true unschooler because we have, you know, those limits, which, you know, that used to bother me in the beginning. (laughs) Do I care? No, I don't (laughs) because I, no one has, is more vested in the health, happiness and future of my children than I am. Mm. And so we're going to run our household, how we feel is going to be best for the kids in our care. And, um, and, you know, we're vested in, in who they are and the future and that kind of thing. So it doesn't bother me. (laughs) I'm getting over it, but that really is why this podcast was born and a few other things. And I reached out and and signed myself up to work with some coaches because I felt like I kept getting that kind of scolding finger wagging. Well, that's not SDE. If you put limits on that or this or that, you know, and yeah, I got to get to that point of, I just totally don't care, but (laughs) early on in it, it, it's like, wait, am I really not doing this right? Right. And And then then you have to think about it. There is no right or wrong. This is our life. This is how we operate and it works for us. Mm -hmm. You know, we have a family of eight. So we all help out around the house because we all live here. So um, mom and dad aren't going to do everything. And I'm not going to apologize to that because I don't fit in someone's box. (laughs) So I guess I have a question that um, actually has come up to us of a, a, from a parent of an older unschooler, mm-hmm. um, how do you know, or how are you confident that they aren't going to just be living in your basement forever? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you know, there's that fear at a certain point. Um, oftentimes it's kind of when that switch into adolescence happens and you see, you know, in a school, they're learning a lot more rigorous academics. There's right. a, there's a clear shift in the workload, Um, And that's kind of when I think a lot of parents start to panic and think, oh, shoot, is this going to work out? You know, this is the thing. Unschooling is not unparenting. (laughs) Unschooling is not hands off. To be honest, I'm more hands on now than I've ever been. And that's because I had to get to know my kids on another level in order for me to be able to help them and guide them in the direction that they want to go. And so with that being said, no one can tell you if that's going to happen or not. Um, you know, you have people with master's degrees living in their parents' basement. So <laughs> just saying, <laughs> um, I'm, just, I'm just saying that that's not, you know, and whether or not that is a sign of life just happening to someone or someone actually not having any inspiration 
who's to say what that outcome, you know, speaks. But to that parent that is concerned, I would say that just because you are allowing your kid to direct their learning and to um, to choose their path and to choose what they're learning, it doesn't mean that you're unintentional. I am very intentional. <laughs> Everything that I do with my kids is intentional. And just because they're not sitting down and doing book work every day mm. does not mean that I am not constantly looking for ways for them to exercise that gift and talent in the area of interest that they are pursuing. And so um, when they leave our house, whether college is the next step or a career or travel or military, whatever the next step is in their lives that they have chosen, you best believe the years heading up to it, they have been provided with the skills and the um, hands-on experience to help them succeed in that area. And so that doesn't mean that they'll bite on all of it, but the platter is laid in front of them. Mm to say, this is where you want to go. How about this experience? Would you like a mentor in this area? Would you like to volunteer over here to get more experience to see if this is really what you want to do? So we are very intentional in helping them gain, you know, the skills that they need to move toward what they say they want to do. And again, even if they change their mind, those skills are not, that they gain are not, you know, without necessity. They're, they're going to be used. They're going, they're going somewhere. So I would not be afraid. I think that fear um, will cause you to, will stifle your intentionality, if that makes any sense. Absolutely. Um, and we talk about with, with our kids a lot productive about productivity you know, what is, what is productivity and what is not productivity? Um, they see myself and my husband reach toward our goals. They see me writing all hours of the night and day. They see their dad studying all hours of the night and day. He's a, um, a uh, doctoral candidate. And so they get to see what it takes to reach a goal. Um, and we celebrate all of their milestones and the goals that they reach themselves. And they know loosely what direction they want to go. So we're cheering them on. We're providing the resources and the opportunities and the things for them to be able to sharpen those skills. And we believe that, you know, like I said, regardless of what the next step is for them, they'll be prepared for that. And so that's why I don't have any fear because I know that I am giving them the tools that they need to succeed regardless of what their next step are, steps are. Love that. <laughs> you, you shared in your post, I don't know if it was today or recently, but um, I wrote it down because I loved it so much. Your fruit will speak louder than anything you can say in a debate. Like you just, it, it's there for you to see. And exactly. You know, a lot of times people feel like they need to collect facts and, and statistics, especially in unschooling, because it's, I don't want to say new because it's not new. It's probably the way that we learned long, long, long before <laughs> this, this, the system of schooling uh, ever existed. But um, 
it's not common mm-hmm. today. It's not uh, extremely common. So I think that um, people feel the need to collect facts and statistics to prove that what they're doing is the right way yeah. or is productive or is, you know, acceptable. And um, I stopped doing that a long time ago <laughs> because it was exhausting. And someone that is bent on believing what they believe, you're not going to change their mind until they have proof. Mm. Um, For me, I live in a very homeschool friendly city. So every other household, I mean, that's an exaggeration, but they either have experienced it. Someone in their family has a friend. They know someone who homeschools. It's that common in our city. And so... um, I don't get a lot of naysayers. I actually get, you know, people cheering me on. Um, The city that we used to live in, not so much. Uh, You know, there were lots of questions, but most of the questions came from my parents because my dad was, um, he's a uh, corporate lawyer and his wife was my stepmom. She was a uh, principal and in school administration for 30 years. So you can imagine, (laughs) you know, I know it. (laughs) And so I had, uh, I had, um, you know, when we started homeschooling, you know, and I write about this in in my book, but uh, it was kind of an emergency for my oldest child. And then it just kind of turned into what we do. But when we started unschooling, it was like, okay, homeschooling, you lost your mind. Unschooling, you have completely gone off the rails. And The beautiful thing is that today we've been unschooling for a decade now um, that, you know, they love talking about their grandchildren and all the things that they see, you know, and the potential that they see and the things that they're accomplishing. So, um, but I stopped talking about it. I did make sure that, you know, those that did question that they understood that this was not up for debate or conversation. Um, in the most polite way possible. (laughs) But um, I just stopped and I just let the fruit speak. Just let the fruit speak. Um, And that usually, you know, took care of it. And and if somebody still had a problem with it, that's their problem, not mine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, I, I, I see my kids soar and I see them learning and growing and becoming amazing human beings. And, uh, and that's what makes me happy. And it, no one else has to agree with it. <laughs> awesome. So. Carla, this has been so wonderful hearing you as a seasoned veteran, 10 years in, um, we're just newly on our path here. So hugely just, I don't know. I feel better hearing all of this from you. <laughs> Tell us again, where we can find you in the names of your books. Okay. So the first, um, They can find me on social media, on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook under Carla, the Unschooling Mama. And that's Carla with a K, the Unschooling Mama. And um, my first book in 2018 was Homeschool Gone Wild. And it's it's really about changing your mindset and your thinking surrounding uh, learning and our journey from public school to very traditional death by workbook homeschool <laughs> <laughs> and then into interest led learning or homes unschooling 
Um, it, you know, I share that journey. I share the mindset shift and what it took for me to, to make that shift um, as well as uh, how we do what we do. And in the back of that book, I promised that I would come back in two years time and write about the teen years because I didn't have teens at that point. I had all younger children and two preteens. Um, so now, in earlier last year in 2021, I launched Teens Unleashed, which is kind of the follow-up to Homeschool Gone Wild. And Teens Unleashed basically shares everything, how we did what we did um, in graduating or launching our older two kids into the world doing what they love. Um, one of which uh, uh, became a chef. And uh, she's looking at doing some other things and going to school for social work and other things. So her, her interests are all over the place and we're just cheering her on. Um, and my son, who is uh, the second oldest, who is a pilot and aviation aircraft electronics technician. <laughs> um, and he's 18. And then I have four teens still at home. And so I was able to write about teens because I now have teens. Um, I'm only able to speak only willing to speak about and write about things I know for sure and that I've experienced. And so um, it was really fun to come back and follow up Homeschool Gone Wild with Teens Unleashed. I've written um, nine books and 12 12 journals (laughs) in the last three and a half years, but those are the main ones that are focused on this topic, but they're all for moms. They're all mom focused. So (laughs) Awesome. And um, my website is Carla, K-A-R-L-A, MarieWilliams.com. And they can see all of my products. Thank you so much for joining us, Carla. Thank you for having me. All right. Thanks for everybody for listening to us here on Out of Line. See you later. It's time to become a member of Playvolution HQ and Explorations Early Learning. There's a free option and three paid patron-level options. All come with free stuff and ongoing automatic training and merch discounts. For as little as a dollar a month, you can become a patron. That supports our work and you get premium stuff like early access to fresh podcast episodes. Go to explorationsearlylearning.com slash membership or click the link in this episode's description to learn more. All the cool listeners are doing it. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.